When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. In this growing competitive market, which is why I have an opportunity for you. Check out the Break Junkies on Instagram at the Break Junkies, partnered with Sports Card Media at Sports Card Mania 305 or SportsCardMania.net. Find a variety of box collections with all the top brands such as Panini, Tops, Prism, and more for every sport. They even have a large assortment of Pokemon packs and Funko Pops. Every stream has giveaways and affordable breaks when you watch the Break Junkies on Instagram. So give them a follow at the Break Junkies and inquire about their inventory today when you go to sportscardmania.net, the number one source for your collection. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Happy, happy, happy NFL New Year, MD Nation. And thank you for tuning in to the MD's Fantasy Football Show live on BellyUp.tv and on the BellyUp Sports Roku channel. If you want to comment in throughout the show, make sure you subscribe to and go to the MD's Fantasy Football Show YouTube channel and download us afterwards on your favorite podcast app so you can always listen to all of our content whenever it is convenient to you. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. I am joined here with a great guest here today. Very excited to get him on the show. Mr. Jake from Jake's Fantasy Football at Jake's Fantasy Football on Twitter. Look, there are a lot of guys in this industry that work really hard. Jake has them all beat. This guy has a new article every single day. Great insights all the time. You got to check him out again at Jake's FF football on Twitter. Jake, how you doing tonight? And thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, tonight, typical, uh, typical Wednesday night, busy <laughs> life, all that. Yeah. 
we're we're all real busy right now with, yeah. with the NFL and everything that's going on. It's it's nuts. That's why today is actually our off season fantasy impact part two. I wanted to do coaching changes last week. I couldn't. There was too many trades. There's too many things we had to talk about. So we had to lean into it again today. So we'll have part two today. We're probably gonna have part three next Wednesday because Chris. By the way, we have Chris Dowhower here for the first time this year in 2022. Chris, how you doing? Yeah, I thought the intro was for me. Then I realized somebody more important was on the show than myself. So yeah, I kind of disappointed. But yes, welcome back, MB Nation. Yeah, you're just here. You're chopped liver. Whatever. We, we, we're glad. We're glad you're back, though. We're glad you're back. Uh, <laughs> everybody was sick of me just being on the mic solo. Now I got two of you guys here to kick these things off. But yeah, next week we'll probably part three. We'll push coaching fantasy impact another week, and then we'll start to get into our NFL draft analysis after that. But there's so much going on in the NFL over the past couple of weeks. A lot of guys still available after this week. So we expect another week of exciting news. Nothing's bigger, of course, than Tom Brady unretiring after 39 days, I believe it was. Yeah, more like a it was more like a cold than it was a retirement party for him. Uh, unrelated fantasy football question because this has been going around the sports world. Jake, I'll kick this to you first. Was it insensitive of Tom Brady to announce that he was unretiring during bracketology on Sunday night? <laughs> uh, I mean, when it happens, I mean, I don't know if that matters that much to me. You know, I guess doing it before free agency starts is is more helpful to the Bucks. But I think they already had made a lot of decisions, you know, to not have him. And that in itself is a pretty big impact on the team. And, you know, I was ready for it. It's like, man, he's played for forever. So, you know, whenever he gives it up, he's done, you know, but <laughs> he, he was still playing at a high level. So, you know, he didn't, you know, tailor off and have a really bad season or something like that. You know, I don't didn't know. tailor off. He was QB three overall <laughs> last yeah. year. That I mean, that's how much he did not tailor off. And look, I didn't buy it the whole time because I'm like, this guy had a goal of playing till he was at least 45 for how long? You're telling me he's really going to pull up one year short of hitting that goal. I just couldn't see it. Did I expect him to come back this soon? No, not necessarily. I thought maybe he'd wait out until the summer. And then if you wanted to try to get out of Tampa Bay or something to that nature, because there's actually still some talk about, is it really Tampa Bay that he wants to stay with? coming out of retirement, I don't see how he moves away from Tampa. What, what, you know, what you'd have to give Tampa for them to give up on a Tom Brady. I don't see that happening. But Chris, what was your reaction to Tom Brady unretiring? First of all, um, thank God, because we need as many good quarterbacks as we can have in this league because it's it gets pretty bad when you have no good guys. out. No. Uh, Tom Brady, I think, you know, as Jake kind of hit on, this guy definitely didn't fall off at the end of the season. And you hit it on the money, top three fantasy has all the, you know, ability, still showed it out there. I think this is more, honestly, a leverage thing. Um, kind of Aaron Rodgers kind of pulled his power, you know, power play with Green Bay in a sense. I think Tom Brady was a bit worried about, looked around his landscape with the Tampa Bay. Could you could you bring back Godwin? Could you bring the weapons you really kind of need? Can this team kind of run it back in a sense and have enough talent to compete for Super Bowls? Otherwise, Tom Brady ain't playing for anything else. Um, so I think he kind of looked around the league and saw, you know, kind of my picking of a better situation just in case it was a playoff team. And when that team didn't really materialize, I think the Sean Watson and then the Russell Wilson moves might have had a partly to do with some of that stuff. And Aaron Rodgers as well. Um, I think all those kinds of things add up where Tom Brady kind of looks at the situation. He was like, well, that guy went back, brought back the defense and a couple defensive guys. Vision really didn't get any better. So maybe I do have the chance to come back into another one, at least in Tampa Bay. Um, so I don't know if I think I ever thought he would retire in the first place, but I am excited that he's be back from those season, especially – with what we, you know, we've seen the last few years. I think he spent the last five weeks playing with his kids and was like, yeah, I'm bored. Okay, I got to go. I got to go back. This, 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 can't, this can't stick. I got to know you guys within the next five weeks. All right, yeah, we're, we're good. That, that so I was like, yeah, I, I wanted you to retire. I changed my mind. It's too much having <laughs> yeah, you around. Go you know what? You're a pain in my ass. Go back and go play. Get ready. Get out of here. Oh, he so, also finished up his movie, so that might be part of it as well. Yeah, true. He's like, I got the time. <laughs> I can do my production work and get that off the ground, too. No, nothing, any kind of like unwritten things where I can't show things while I'm still playing, get myself in trouble like Calvin Ridley. So, yeah. <laughs> Here's what I will say as far as how this affects the rest of the team and what we think the Bucks are going to look like. 
OJ Howard just signed with the Buffalo Bills. He's out of there, but it sounds like after they just reworked some contracts, Shaq Barrett in particular opened up $10 million. It seems like they got the cap room now to bring back Rob Gronkowski. So I think he's going to be able to stay there. But when you look at, you look at Gronk, you look at Evans, you expect those two guys to be there and be healthy. Godwin, it's not 100% that he's definitely ready before the season begins. Even if he is, he'll probably be behind the eight ball and ramping up in the beginning part of the season. So how crucial is it that Tom Brady comes back? Because Chris Godwin, he might have been falling in redraft leagues to be more of that lower-end wide receiver two, wide receiver three-ish territory, dynasty leagues. I think dynasty leagues, he would have been okay. You still don't, I don't know if dynasty leagues have changed too much because, yes, you get the boost for this year, but you're still going to have the whole, okay, what happens after that for Chris Godwin as far as what the quarterback is going to be. So, yeah, you get definitely one more year of really good play out of him towards the end of the half of the season, but we still have the long-term question that's there. Godwin, to me, is the guy that impacts the most. What are you guys seeing out of that, Jake? Yeah, definitely, you know, Godwin's always, he's an injury question. I think that is sort of baked into his price, but really it shouldn't be. You know what I mean? It's it's like he can he plays at a really high level and he's he's good. And, you know, having all those guys is is a big deal for the passing offense. Um, you know, I, and and I think that, you know, maybe that was a, a piece of the Brady retire unretire was to get some guys to leave. Maybe, you know, some people, you know, have some conspiracy theory around. He did it on purpose, you know, to get some guys out of there so they could get some different new guys in there. I don't well, know. You're talking about Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Is that what you're referring right. to? A- anything like that. Yeah. Any any <laughs> of the other players that you know were on the bubble and or left or were going to leave. Um, and, you know, yeah, I think that they still have a strong duo. They still have a strong receiving group and, and they throw the ball a lot. It doesn't even matter. You know, like if they're winning the game, they still throw the ball <laughs> 50 times. Chris, does the whole thing with Godwin maybe getting into a slow start and Brady being back, does, I'm sorry, Evans, does Evans now boost up a little bit because you figure he might be a little bit more consistent to start the year. He already has the continuity with Brady, unlike Russell Gage, who we'll get to in a second. But with Godwin maybe starting off a little bit slow and Brady coming back, what's your outlook for Evans heading into this year? Yeah, I really don't think that Evans is going to be you know impacted a, a great deal by Godwin. He wasn't really a guy that didn't use. More of the issue necessarily for him is that I think Mike Evans is what he is. He's pretty consistent as that red zone target. He's going to be that guy that will do the touchdowns, cover and look for him consistently. The issue you kind of had where I think Mike Evans is actually going to be have you know, better snack stats week to week is Antonio Brown moving on. I think when you kind of remove that mouth um, and Mike Evans becomes moves up the food chain a little bit in the tar- you know, priority targets, I think that's where you're going to see Evans maybe being locked in the slot a little bit. We saw that kind of down a stretch towards the end of the season. Um, so if Godwin kind of is somebody you know, slowly recovering, Mike Evans could see a boost. But I think you're going to kind of see him be steady anyway. His offense is going to continue to be what it is. Tom Brady is a guy who can feed three to four receivers, and that's what he's going to pretty much do week in, week out. Um, I don't think that really changes, and we're going to see some of the moves, but I think Russell Gage is going to be a guy who's going to fit in just fine. We've seen you know, Grayson have a decent couple games last year. You see different guys step up in those different roles for Tom Brady. I think the key for that offense is Tom Brady. And I think there's many quarterbacks who can play in a system that kind of demands as much as you, you know, out of you, this quarterback, as Bruce Aaron as the system does. And we push the ball down the field the way that they do and kind of anticipate throws. So I think the big key is having Brady there. As long as he's there, numbers will come with that. Are you guys going to be hopping on this, this uh, sleeper Russell Gage train that seems to be rolling through here? Go ahead, Jake. Oh yeah. Uh, I've been on the gauge train for a few years already. <laughs> uh, Russell Gage is one of those guys that, you know, over the past couple of years with the Falcons, when he, when he's healthy and has had opportunity, he produces good points, you know, for fantasy. So him being with the bucks, that's a pretty good landing spot. I mean, obviously he's not, he's probably not Antonio Brown, but you know, him being the third guy and maybe the second guy for a while is probably going to be pretty good. He'll probably be a guy who you can draft late and definitely outproduces his draft capital, you know, for fantasy drafts. But 
you know, how high and how much, hard to say, but. I think Russell, look, the Tom Brady effect is real. When you start looking at guys like Russell Gage and everyone start hopping on him, like he's going to be this consistent WR three in your flex position. It just shows you how much Brady can boost a player's value. He's just a guy. In my opinion, he's just a guy. He's not terrible, but he's not good either. He's never been anything more than just a guy who can get the job done if by default there's no one else to throw the ball to here and there in spots and spurts. I will be a little bit curious to see what kind of value he can bring again early on the season as perhaps he operates as the number two to Mike Evans, depending upon what Chris Godwin's situation is coming into the season. But uh, Chris, I don't know where you where do you fall on this? Oh, I think the Tom Brady effect is, is super real. One thing Russell Gage does well, and you talk about he's not anything fancy. You know where I stand as a talent-wise. Russell Gage is nothing special in my book either. But he is a receiver. It's the right place, the right time. He runs the right patterns, and he runs them correctly. Tom Brady loves those guys. Troy Browns, David Pattons of the world. You can name, you can go through the receivers and the Patriots for the last you know 20 years or so, and basically they all meet Russell Gage's talent level. So I think other than that, you know, there's the we have Randy Moss and Stallworth and Wes Walker. Even Wes Walker and Julian Edelman, are they really anything spectacular as athletes? Probably not, but they go where they're supposed to go in order to top really trust them. So I love Russell Gage when it comes to PPR. Standard's maybe a little bit less, a little more hit or miss, I think, because you don't really necessarily touch time production is going to be there. But PPR, especially in the half point or full point PPR, Russell Gage is going to be one of those guys you want to have on your, your lineup this year. I want to say, put everybody on alert right now. Whoever that running back winds up being for Tampa Bay, crucial value. I don't think it's going to be Keyshawn Vaughn. We'll see exactly what happens. I don't necessarily buy it. I think Bruce. I think that ship kind of sailed. Bruce Arians has shown he doesn't really want to. Doesn't really trust the kid. And I think it's what it comes down to. Maybe they keep Bernard on. Maybe he'll actually fulfill the role that we thought he was going to from last season. I don't think they're done at the running back position. Whoever they do bring on is going to be real interesting to see. I want to move on here, though. I want to talk about the Amari Cooper trade because we didn't get a chance to talk about that last week, obviously, as it happened over the weekend. He gets traded to the Cleveland Browns. They then turn around. They cut Jarvis Landry. He's now a free agent who's shopping around for a location. But Amari Cooper, his value, we'll focus on him first. Does this upgrade or downgrade, Jake? Because I think I could see an argument either way. Oh, for Cooper's value himself? Yeah. Uh, uh, definite downgrade. And it doesn't have to do with how he plays and what he does or anything like that. It's just... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's a different offense, and it's an offense that wants to run the ball, and it's an offense that likes to have several tight ends out there as well as a couple receivers. So it's like a low-volume, spread-the-ball passing offense that, you know, where Cooper came from a pretty high-volume, focus-the-ball-on-your-top-two-receivers offense. <laughs> and it's, it's a drastic difference. And could he produce there? I'd say – if the Browns defense gets bad and they end up in a lot of negative game scripts, he can have a pretty good season, but their defense has been pretty good. Their run game has been pretty good. I don't see a whole lot of that changing. So it doesn't seem like the best situation for him to produce a lot. Chris, I think my take is going to come down to this question. I want you to answer this question and then give me your two cents on Amari Cooper. Is he better than Jarvis Landry? 1,000% better than Jarvis okay. Landry. You need, go I'm ahead and slide into your to your analysis because that's where I'm going to come off as myself. Yeah. Um, Jake, I appreciate you, and I'm over here biting my tongue a little bit just because I appreciate you coming on the show. But while this this I hate Kevin Stefanski. Dan can attest to that. NBA Nation can attest to that. But I think when you look at this offense, they have one receiver. He can feed one receiver. He fed Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen in Minnesota. It's a run-first oriented team. If you have one receiver that you're using – Primarily, whether it's going to be Baker or another quarterback, I think it's going to be another quarterback kind of the news coming out. 
Um, doesn't really matter, I think, in this in this situation. I think that he's going to be the passing attack. You know, nothing but guys who kind of run go routes, shorts. Uh, People Jones has got some talent, but the other guys are basically just guys to clear out things. OBJ, where he really excelled with the Rams, was he able to run out more patterns? Mari Cooper is more a technician when it comes to the patterns now and was willing to go across the middle. I think that's the key thing. OBJ didn't want to go across the middle anymore. Uh, I think that's kind of the big thing. He, he didn't mind running a crossing pattern. It was, it was a short cross or um, I think some slants here and there. But I think the big difference is his offense likes to kind of have the in-between tack those linebackers, tack those safeties. Mari Cooper will run in there. I think he'll be used all over the formation. So I think as long as they only have one weapon, they add another one, then I'm, I'm jumping off the bandwagon. But as long as they have just him and Murray Cooper there in that offense, he has the talent to carry that offense. He wasn't being utilized properly in Dallas, and I cannot wait to see him be receiver one again. Sorry. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Go ahead, Jake. Rebuttal. <laughs> well, I mean, I can agree that Amari Cooper in in Cleveland could be better than Jarvis Landry in Cleveland, but I, you know, I, Amari Cooper being better and with the Browns than he was with with Dallas is kind of like a oh, I, um. so it it's an in between there for me and yeah, I um, I you know I guess I'm also a bit of a fan of Donovan Peoples Jones. You might not be thinking about him, but you know if he gets to be the number two. That's a little more exciting to me. Obviously, he's a very different style player. He's, you know, the the sort of deep threat or the, you know, run out there and, you know, get the deep pass. But, and then used even less frequently in that style of offense, you know. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if, I, yeah, Diggs, Diggs and Thielen being a comparison because of how Stefanski had used them before, mm, you know, I... I'd say maybe it's going to be, you know, in Joku again. Maybe they'll actually use him. They paid him. <laughs> they did. And they also finally came out yesterday, or it might have been earlier today, actually. I don't know. There's so much going on. Hooper will be cut as a post-June 1, June 1st casualty. So it, they are going to probably move on from him. They did pay David Joku, so he might be in the mix as well. I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, Chris, I'm more in the mindset of this is a Amari Cooper. Now, I'm like you where they add another receiver. I'm hopping off the bandwagon. And I'd like to see them have somebody else at the quarterback position besides a Baker Mayfield. And all that still needs to be kind of worked out. But just as of this moment, in a vacuum, if everything was to stay the same today, the big problem Cooper was having last year was the consistency in targets. Now, he ended the season with 104, which is, you know, that's, that's a fine number. But it came in bunches and then not at all. That was really the big issue that he ran into last year. That's why he be not got knocked down to a wide degree to being just a wide receiver three. I think in a lot of ways this is going to help him if he can be the guy. Donovan Peoples-Jones doesn't bother me as far as his volume is concerned. He's there to stretch the field, be the big play guy, get out the way. Amari Cooper will be allowed to operate in that middle part of the field and just be the number one guy. Does he have plus five touchdown potential, eh, maybe, maybe not. But I would expect to see him get 120 targets easy, even in a low-volume offense, because he's going to demand so much of the target share out of that team. Go ahead, Chris. I just want to say, just look what Brandon Cooks did with the Texas offense last year. And Amari Cooper, to me, I think is better than Brandon Cooks as well, in the better situation, no matter who the quarterback's going to be. I, I I can't disagree with that necessarily either. So for me, I was actually think it's going to help his immediate value out a little bit more. But let's go back to his old team. T.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup signs a new contract. Dalton Schultz, very interesting now. Blake Jarwin out of the way. Jake, give me a quick synopsis on those three. What are you looking for future and in 2022? I mean, you got the same guys in the same offense. And, you know, Lamb... He had a pretty good target share already. Maybe he gets a little bit more, but not a lot of it. I want to say he was over 20% already. So maybe he gets 23 or 24 if he, you know, if he demands a whole lot more targets. Obviously, Gallup, as long as he's healthy, he's looked pretty dang good. And he's probably obviously the biggest guy to benefit from all of this because he didn't he was the third guy. Yeah. Usually their third guy. And so now he, it seems like he'll be their number two guy, which, you know, would be the guy you'd probably want depending on his value. Uh, 
And then, you know, so then the interesting part is they usually did have a third receiver who was also pretty good. And, you know, who, who does that end up being? Because Cedric Wilson left. So now is that going to be Noah Brown or is he out as well? You know, are they going to draft somebody? That seems like a Dallas kind of move. Um, and Schultz, Schultz looked good last year. He, he took another step forward. And I guess they believe in him and they're going to have him try and keep that production going. <laughs> to me, it's Schultz is the big winner here because mm-hmm. he's going to operate in that area of the field. He's going to collect because he's going to be the safety blanket. What was Amari Cooper to Dak Prescott? He was the safety blanket. Dalton Schultz will now be that safety blanket. Gallup's role, maybe he gets a few more targets, but ultimately he doesn't change. He's the outside perimeter wide receiver. He's there to keep the safety out of the box. He's there to stretch the defense out. And that's not going to lead to too many more targets than on a per-game basis than what we saw last season. C.D. Lamb becomes the X factor. They're going to move him all over, whether it's inside, outside. He's the number one target. And he had 120 targets last season, already was out-targeting Mari Cooper by 16 on that front. I think with you move, remove Mari Cooper, I'm not anticipating Dallas to add anybody to that receiving core of significant note at the very least, that's going to demand a bunch of targets, whether it be through the draft or through the rest of free agency here. I wouldn't expect it anyway. So for me, I'm looking at C.D. Lamb. He has a real potential for 135, 140 targets. You start getting to those numbers, you start looking at top six receiver for the year numbers when you start to get to that sort of milestone echelon. I think it's a real possibility that happens. To me, it's Schultz and Lamb volume-wise, want to be the two big winners of this on Dallas and look out for them. What about you, Chris? What are you looking at in this overall Dallas team and the impact that Cooper leaves behind? I think all three benefit considerably. I think the biggest thing we talk about C.D. Lamb, um, for me, you basically get the C.D. Lamb we expected to get last year. A lot of people were super excited for him, going to be the receiver one. You and I were a little more skeptical. We kind of like, don't forget about Ray Cooper. Um, I think we both forgot that that third, fourth receiver, you talked about Dalton Schultz being this, becoming the safety blanket. He didn't become, he, he is the safety blank, has been. That's why Mark Cooper is in Cleveland right now. Um, I think that's the big part of the offense that you kind of saw change where Dalton Schultz is that guy that, that when times are going rough for Dak Prescott and he's not completing his balls, he wasn't hitting Cooper consistently last year. That was, I bet they definitely weren't on the same page a lot of the time. C.D. Lamb, I think you're going to see the consistency is going to be the difference. Maybe the targets don't jump a huge amount, but week in, week out, you're not going to have those two catches for 17 yards that Alton sprinkled in there for no reason. Um, the third receiver, I think, will still evolve, whether it's through the draft pick, whether it's somebody they have on their team. They like the Turner kid. Wilson came out of kind of, you know, out of the blue, so to speak. They have talent at the receiver core. They drafted the guys last year. Uh, I forget the receiver's name right now from Stanford. Um, but they have some different guys that they can throw out there at you. And I think Dallas will always kind of have three or four receiver sets. That's Prescott is a quarterback who likes to spread the ball around. So I don't necessarily make, think it's going to, you know, have his guys jump off, this, jump out the, you know, Billy down because he, he moved on. But I think now that Cooper's moved on, you have more of a clear role week in, week out for how these guys kind of fall in line. CeeDee Lamb is the receiver one. There's no debate. Michael Gallup is the receiver two. Really no debate. And then you have, you have to me, the biggest thing you talked about was, you know, Schultz. Schultz is going to be the best best beneficiary is for this fantasy world. We're going to have at least a couple tight ends. He should be a top five tight end in this offense. So we actually have some options outside those top two to actually draft this year. An argument for it, for sure. It, 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 definitely an argument for him to be in the top six going into this season. And you got to figure for best ball for redraft leagues, even though he had a good year last year, I don't think people are going to be looking at him in that light or drafting him in that light going into this thing. Definitely not. That's not the name that pops off to your mind. You're going to be going with your top five big guys of Kelsey and Kittle and, and Waller making a return and, and uh, Andrews and Pitts. People are still going to debate Hawkinson on with his role in the Detroit Lions offense and things of that nature. Schultz is going to get pushed further down. He's going to be the value. I can't call him a sleeper because he's going to probably be a guy who's still ranked in that side, that top eight area, but he'll be the value pick. I believe heading into next year's drafts. And if you have him in dynasty, or even if you don't have him, maybe see what it takes to inquire him. If you need a tight end, because again, his price tag is not going to be as high as those upper echelon guys. That's where he is based on that offense, based on his role, based on that volume. That's where he is. So that's why I look at Schultz as the biggest winner of this all. CD lamb. I love the volume that he may walk into I do still have a question. He needs to take that next step up. I was a little disappointed. I didn't feel like he took 
that next step from year one to year two, like I was quite expecting him to do so as far as overall explosivity and production on the field. Year three breakout, that's a real thing. It could just come a little bit later for him. I wouldn't shock me at all, but I do still have a little bit of a question when it comes to that. That's all for me. Go ahead, Chris. Just real quick on that. I think when you pay a receiver $20 million to be a receiver one, and your game planning, it's kind of hard to forget to put him in your game plan. So I think that's where CeeDee Lamb will not be kind of, do I get Cooper the ball this week, or do I get CeeDee Lamb the ball? It's CeeDee Lamb and then whoever kind of falls in the line after that in receivers. Can't can't totally disagree. We got a few minutes before the break. So let's throw Mitchell Trubisky out here real quick. <laughs> Garbage time. Not, we're not in the show yet. So I have... NFL, from an NFL standpoint, I have arguments on both sides as far as why this makes sense, why this doesn't make sense. I do want to get Jake's take on this, though. So, Mitchell Trubisky, Pittsburgh, give me an NFL and a fantasy perspective. Well, I guess the NFL perspective is, you know, he's been inconsistent with his play, but then also he had Matt Nagy as his coach. And... (laughs) Name a player that wasn't inconsistent under Matt Nagy as the head coach. You know, the offense was pretty all over the place. And being from an offensive-minded head coach, that wasn't very positive. But Trubisky did have some really big games. And I think, you know, if, if they can get that consistency out of them, there's plenty of quarterbacks that are like this that show flashes of being really good or at least good and being terrible (laughs) but you know it makes you wonder if that can be a coachable thing and they can learn it or if they're just they are what they are and that's what we're gonna get and the Steelers the Steelers offense if they run the ball a lot that'll help them Um, and that was you know probably the best the Bears offense was when they ran the ball a lot then their weird trick plays worked a lot better and Trubisky, you know, huck it up there to somebody and, you know, that might work. But with the Steelers, yeah, I'd say, you know, the coaching around him is better and he has a better chance to succeed. But it's not necessarily a guarantee. He'll probably be a good weekly on and off streaming kind of guy um, that you could throw in and he could have a, a pretty big week. Chris, I know you love Mr. Trubisky, don't you? He's your boy, isn't he? I was going to say, by MD Nation, I think you guys know I'm only allowed to talk about Trubisky for a limited amount of time before I can <laughs> go off about it. Um, no, Mitchell Trubisky, I think fantasy-wise, and this makes me kind of throw up my mouth a little bit, is going to have some value if he's a starting quarterback for Pittsburgh Steelers. They have great weapons around them. They added some offensive linemen. And if you look back in early in his career, those first two years starting, he was pretty good fantasy-wise. Because I just got to make sure everyone's alerted to you saying this. That's all. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm giving it fantasy wise because he does run. That's, I think, ultimately, we all know the cheat code for fantasy football, especially the quarterback position, is if you can run a little bit, which is going to scramble 40 to 50 yards here or there, running a touchdown once in a while. So he'll have pedestrian numbers to end of the season and you know, 35 to 4,000 yards in that range. I'll have his 20-something touchdowns, but then you get six or seven rushing touchdowns. You had a couple of games where you get to 40, 50 yards rushing, maybe a little bit bigger here or there, and it's going to help be one of the better consistent options for a quarterback. Now, NFL-wise... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. 
I hate the move because I think the Steelers have a pretty good offense, as I pointed out, and you can give them a lot of other options, like James Winston or somebody like that has more upside, I believe, in that offense. But Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the beneficiary of having some kind of you know good weapons around him that basically was able to still move the ball with Ben Roethlisberger with, I mean, I don't know what the hell you would call that arm. Uh, I mean, to throw the ball with TRs on the field before you could move around maybe a step, two steps, maybe the best. So I think all those things in place, you actually have a quarterback that might be decently fantasy valuable. I think I think I turned off the electric on Dan on that one. <laughs> I think he lost power over there. Huh. Jake, um, do you so you're you're a Trubisky fan, is or do you just kind of you know think he's gonna have a kind of a chance to kind of rejuvenate himself in Pittsburgh? Right. I mean, there's a chance. I wouldn't. Get, it's not. A, I don't think it's a huge chance for him to to turn it around for his career. But yes, for fantasy fantasy points, he's been like a guy I've had as a backup and plug and play started. And because yeah, he'll have those rushing games. He's he's had games where he's thrown four touchdowns and games where he throws six touchdowns. That happens. And, and he definitely has a lot of weapons than he ever had in Chicago. So. Right. Or like, you know, it's hard to start him over some other good quarterback, but it's like, you know, those are the bold moves that make you win. <laughs> you it's know, like, hey, Trubisky's got a good matchup. My regular quarterback, he's probably, you know, going to do his usual thing. It's like, you know, I need that big game this weekend. It's it back it hard. It's possible. You know, you got to no, go I mean, times. As you point out, he's one of the better quarterback options. I, I remember my one of my leagues I played in. You know, a couple of weeks I played against him, like, oh, Chris Trubisky, and he dropped 30, you know, 35 points on me, and I got irritated because he wouldn't light it up the scoreboard necessarily, but the, you get a little bit of everything, those rushing touchdowns, those throwing touchdowns that you pointed out, and it winds up adding up. I was saying, I think we turned the lights off on you with my, my commentary much of Trubisky was actually positive in some way. Are you back with us, Dan? I think Dan yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back a little bit now. I don't know if you guys can hear me, but we got to hit the quick – we got to hit a break. When we come back on the other side, hopefully get a little bit of a better connection. Can I get a round of applause, everyone? Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra-premium... Co- Uh-oh. They'll cut this out. Can I get a round of applause, everyone? Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra-premium collection. Hmm. He wants to play that Manscaped commercial. Manscaped is a great product, though, but you got If you haven't heard Dan do some of his Manscaped reads, I definitely recommend it, Jake. I, I'm, I'm big on him being a sponsor for Manscaped because yeah. he does a great job with their reads. It's fantastic. Um, so while we're kind of working on waiting to get this commercial worked out, Jake, do you have anything that you're kind of working on right now? Uh, right now I'm just plugging through the usual, you know, like season recap type of stuff, but I'm also trying to get some dynasty. I threw a little dynasty ranks in there. Uh, and now I'm going to try and get, I, I keep forgetting to get onto rookie ranks. I've done some of that a little bit. I haven't published any of it, but you know, I've, started putting it together um so that's that's coming down the pipe but basically i i do a lot of mostly season review type stuff until after the draft but then like as soon as the draft weekend is over then it's all about okay here's everything that this team was here's everything that changed on that team and now you know think about like what are they trying to do here or you know which of these coaches changed that's a big deal a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't even coaches um and i've realized a lot of people you know in my season review type stuff a lot of people don't look back at at the pre at the season <laughs> and it's just well, like I, why wouldn't you <laughs> you did all oh, these ranks before the season you're not going to see if they were good <laughs> yeah no i think a lot of times people do have an issue with that um because you, you just get kind of locked from the stats and I think a lot of times you forget those gaps in those stats where, like, oh, we had 150 targets. And you're like, yeah, but there was, like, five games where he did absolutely nothing for you, and that's why you didn't go to the playoffs last year. So right. I think it's wonderful to kind of do the recap you're kind of talking about. Um, yeah. We're having an upcoming draft show for ourselves at MD and Belly Up, 
And one of the things I was going to ask for some people, especially people who do the dynasties, because uh, I'm fascinated by dynasty, but I'm not I'm playing it yet. Do you get more excited about the draft or about free agency? Because I know they're both like exciting topics, but which one kind of like gets you know gets you more going as, as a dynasty player? Uh, yeah, it's the draft. It's always the draft <laughs> because, you know, either you have a bunch of rookie picks and you know, which pick you have, like, you know, which number it is. And then you're like, Oh, I've got the fourth pick. Like, okay, who are my top four guys? And then like, you know, maybe one of your top four guys doesn't get drafted in the first day. It's like, uh Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of pressure. No, uh, you know, so it's kind of a bit of an emotional roller coaster. But yeah, then there are also free agency. It's a little different. It's like I have this guy, I like him, I believe in him, and I know he's good, but he needs a better situation. And then it's like, well, does that happen? Not always. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, oh, he went from a one situation to a very similar situation. Somehow, <laughs> mm, lateral move, great, but. You know, maybe somebody will buy on that. That happens too. Trades. Yeah. You know. It's very true. Yeah. I think since the season is going to be exciting. I, I love draft and I love fantasy or free agency. So it's exciting to be able to talk about both. I think we got Dan back. Yes, I am. It's the NFL offseason. They're all doing crazy things and we're having crazy technical issues. But I want to hit the quick break. When we come back on the other side, hopefully we should be smooth sailing for the rest of the show. Everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on TV and on the Belly of Sports Roku channel. We'll be back right after this. Can I get a round of applause, everyone? Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra-premium collection. Believe it or not, it's not for your private parts. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe. Literally, Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. We all know how essential that Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is for that precise trim below the waist. Their advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts to your most delicate areas. But now you can enhance your perfect grooming routine with their ultra premium collection. This package includes Manscaped's premium deodorant, hydrating body moisturizer, body wash, and two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Plus, a free gift, a three-pack of lip balm to keep those chappers feeling moist. So get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. One more time, that's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. You are back on the MD's Fantasy Football Show on Belly Up TV and on the Belly Up Sports Roku channel. Make sure you check us out after the show on your favorite podcast app. And hopefully I'm back for the rest of the show, too, without any more hiccups as well. All right, fellas, I know you guys got to talk about Mitchell Trubisky. I'll save my take for another time. We have all offseason to talk about it. We got to move on. We got to get into the Dolphins. So they made a flurry of moves, all of them hmm, mediocre, above average, Not nothing really moving the needle too significantly, but some things we do need to talk about that have a fantasy impact here. Chase Edmonds goes, we we talked about, you know, before the show actually happened, just a couple minutes before the show, they also signed Raheem Mostert to a one-year contract. So right off the page, it jumps off to me. Mike McDaniel is getting ready to run his outside zone scheme. That, that's that's first and foremost right off the bat. But let's dive into the Chase Edmonds thing here a little bit deeper. We know that for Edmonds himself, whenever he's put into that early down role too often, he seems to break a little bit. You figure they bring him in for his pass-catching prowess, but 49ers are one of the worst teams when it comes to targeting the running back as a team, they had 95 last year, not even a hundred as a team, as a whole, Elijah Mitchell, who was the main guy for most of the season, especially when he played only had 28 targets. So how much 
of an impact is Chase Edmonds really going to have, Jake? Well, there's definitely a real football impact. And yes, the the not staying healthy the whole season is is a, is a bit of a concern with him. Um, but, you know, Edmonds and most are together. And, you know, they still have Gaskin and they still have um, <clears throat> the other guy they drafted last year. <laughs> but both those guys were such late picks that it was like, well, you know, late pick plus new coach usually means like, a, well, either you're staying here just because you have the contract or, you know, you're getting replaced in some capacity. Um, and these two signings sort of suggest to me that, you know, they are either going to late pick another back or maybe do, do the Shanahan thing and add some undrafted free agents at running back. And I, I think I get what you're saying there where you think they need a, uh, a bigger guy, a thumper and maybe, Oh, Jared Dokes, it, he is sort of that bigger type guy. So maybe they already have that mixed up backfield uh, with several different guys. Um, I, I'm not sure if any of these guys will be in some kind of featured role. I, I It immediately looks like a big committee to me. Breaking news. Sorry, Chris, before we get to you, the Buccaneers just reached a contract deal with Chris Godwin, three years, 60 million. That includes 40 million guaranteed. So I just wanted to break that on the show. We already talked about his fantasy impact. We'll stick with the Dolphins here. Uh, yeah, Jake, couldn't couldn't agree with you more. We saw this out of LaFleur with the Jets. Matt LaFleur, that is, who was the offensive coordinator of the 49ers previous to what they do. Chris mentioned it. They bring in Tevin Coleman. They keep Tevin Coleman around. They drafted Michael Carter. Uh, they throw in Ty Johnson whenever they feel like it. And they bring some Joe Schmo off the street whenever they feel like it too. Ultimately, what this boils down to is I am saying no to any Dolphins running back. That's, that's basically what it comes down to me. Unless, like the 49ers last year, by default through injury, somebody emerges. But at that point, you're halfway through the year. Whoever you drafted, hoping for that value, went out the window. Chris, are you seeing anything different? A little bit. Um, I'm not going to necessarily like, get super excited about the backfield or draft them super high or anything like that. The Miles Gaskin somehow, some way was serviceable last year um, and was a serviceable last year before as well. So when you look at and Duke Johnson pretty finished the season pretty decently. Now, Duke Johnson ran really hard, but the Lions, I think, would be you know, nothing to write home about necessarily. Made some upgrades offensively to a friendly offense. You talk about the scheme. I love this scheme for Chase Edmond. I think that scheme fits him to a T. And I think that you look at Michael Carter and his ability, what he kind of did with the Jets, I think Chase Edmond can do something very similar. I think you're going to see a guy who gets 12 to 15 touches a game, and then that production gets you flex, you know, RB3 role. And it is a guy I think I'd have on my roster because, as we saw last year, injuries happen, and then you want to kind of those guys with spurts here or there. Chase Edmond is definitely a guy that can win you a couple weeks here or there on your roster if he gets a chance to kind of shine for a little bit. So I think Chase Evans is a guy I do like. Um, Raheem Moss is another guy I might throw a, you know, a late-round pick at just to, just to see kind of based on what's going on health-wise. The guy was a very talented back. He's got outstanding speed. Um, this system, like I said, has a lot of things that can kind of benefit with them. Two has got a, good, a quarterback that kind of draws attention with the read option as well. So you put these kind of home run hitter like a Raheem Moser in that offense, he could be productive, but it seems especially to commit to the run. So I think these are guys I'm looking at as flyers definitely later in the draft. He's been even a little higher, especially in PPR leagues, but I think he's definitely going to have a clear role week in, week out in that passing attack, as Dan kind of pointed out. Um, so, yeah, I think there's actually a little more value there, not just a couple guys necessarily just going there. I think these guys actually have a chance to kind of shine. Um, and then we're going to have about the receivers, but Cedric Wilson, I think, has a really nice opportunity as well. I don't think the question is, does the scheme fit? I think we all like the scheme. That, that, I don't think that's the issue here. The issue is that if you're going to have Edmonds and Moster and Miles Gaskin, well, you even saw it. Michael Carter, yes, eventually emerged as a guy that you could count on to get touches. When does that happen? Does that happen? Because Miles Gaskin has a lot more value and a lot more youth than a Tevin Coleman or a Ty Johnson does with the Jets. I think it was an easier pathway for Michael Carter to eventually take over if Mostert's healthy. Not that, that may ever happen. I don't know. But Chase Evans is healthy. a lot of money, though. We'll say that again? They paid Chase Evans a decent amount of money. It's not like they just spent you know, nothing on me. They gave him a two-year deal. 
about six million a year, which is not bad for running back. So I, I don't think you're necessarily just going to you know, have. Yes, but Miles Gaskin still a serviceable back who's on there and has been more proven than any of the guys the Jets had. Raheem Mostert, same thing. So my point is more: this is a more talented group. And what we've seen is that when there's three men touching the ball, nobody has value. And that's that's the issue. That's what we're going to have to come kind of find out. Now, if they were to cut Gaskin, move on from him, keep it down to a Moser and Evans and have a couple of guys as backups for injury purposes, then that starts to change the conversation. But as long as all three of them are in there, I don't know if I'm touching any of them because I'm pretty sure the guy that's most valuable is probably going to wind up on that waiver wire at some point. Uh, but I do want to flip on – I do want to flip on with say, say I am sorry, I didn't hear you. I said, or they could be Leonard Fournette. Or they could be Leonard Fournette. Uh they won't be Leonard, it won't be Leonard Fournette in this. No one here is gonna be Leonard Fournette in the sense of he takes over the job completely from Ronald Jones and no one anticipated that. Because Chase Edmonds will break if that even happens. So I don't think that's an option on the table. I mean, Jake, back me up here. Uh well, you know, in a sense, we do see that the Shanahan offense was trying to have or it seems like they did want to have one feature guy. But injuries and things didn't let that happen. So then, yes, the Jets example is interesting because they did definitely split it out to give it, you know, Carter and Johnson being, I think, the main two that really got work. And sometimes they both have an okay game. But, yes, it really depends on, you know, what are these coaches, you know, what do they think about Gaskin? Do they like him? You know, this might just have to be like a you hear some news or you see a little bit of play in the preseason and I have to take a shot on your guy if if, you know, if they're late enough for you to pick that. And that's basically it is backfields like this. For me, it's pick whoever's cheapest and see what happens. Thank you, Jake, for mayor, everybody, because he just threaded that political balance line right down the middle between the two of us. Jake for mayor. Let's talk about the 49ers and let's talk about the Cardinals, because now you have Elijah Mitchell looking like Jake just mentioned, more like he's in a position to be the guy. And you also have James Conner, who signed a three year contract with the Arizona Cardinals. So, Chris, take me to Elijah Mitchell first. Are you going to buy into this idea that maybe Mitchell gets to be the bell cow guy from the beginning of the season? Does Shanahan finally stick with one back? Or is it inevitable that they bring in someone of enough significance to take away that workload? I buy that Elijah Mitchell is talented enough to be that player, but I'm not going to buy the draft capital. It's probably going to cost me to draft him in that sense. For Elijah Mitchell, if he's going to be going as an RB1 where the hype kind of meets, you know, meets the road, I'm not drafting him high because I think you're going to head on this in a second. Um, I do not trust Kyle Shanahan. I've said this multiple times on all different forums. Kyle Shanahan in a running back position is like trusting Belichick and the Patriots a running back situation. Every time you think you figured it out, you don't. So I 100% trust nothing less than Kyle Shanahan to go sign some guy off the street next week that he all of a sudden falls in love with in preseason or, or hearing Adam Chef reports about how this guy's going to be the breakout player. So Matt Breida and go through the list of different guys of different players these guys loves his balls and loves with. So they may even draft a running back in this, with their first pick. Who knows with the 49ers right now? Um, so, yeah, I would not be surprised if Elijah Mitchell is not the guy. Could he be? Absolutely. He should be? Probably yes. But will he be? Uh, get sixth, seventh round? I'll take that chance. Earlier than that, hell no. Always beware of the special teams warrior when it comes to Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I will say this. I feel pretty good it won't be Trey Sermon. <laughs> That's, that, I, that I feel pretty good on. Magically somehow pulls his way out of the doghouse. I don't think it'll be Trey Sermon that'll be the issue when it comes to Elijah Mitchell. Jake, I'm going to ask you about James Conner. So he signs a three-year deal. Edmonds is out of there. Is Conner going to have the role that he had with Pittsburgh now? I mean, that is basically what it seems like is – when he was with Pittsburgh and when he got to be the starter while he was healthy, he was a top five back. <laughs> and this year with the Cardinals, that's what he was looking like when he was sort of splitting the role, then sort of got the lead role and he got injured, unfortunately, but he was like a guaranteed lock to get a touchdown every game. <laughs> it yeah, was it was pretty insane. wild. And just, 
you know, the surroundings around him, as long as, of course, Kyler Murray, I assume that he stays. Uh, just the offense being good and the defense being good. The start of last season, the Cardinals looked really, really good. Uh, and they did for a while until they sort of fell off towards the end of the season. And, hey, maybe it was because James Conner was out. <laughs> I just think it's really funny. Connor signs a one-year deal with the Cardinals because nobody really wanted him, or at least nobody wanted him for the role that he wanted. He has had trouble staying healthy up until that point. Now he gets into a platoon situation with Chase Edmonds, and if you remember early on in the season, Edmonds was getting a few more carries, not just catches, not just overall touches, getting a few more carries than James Connor. It was just you were getting those red zone touches. Now Connor wound up having a year nobody could have predicted with him in that role. But in response, the Cardinals let go of Chase Evans. They keep James Conner for a three-year contract. I question the wisdom of hitching your wagon to that guy to be your main back. Because I'm with you. I think they're looking at this as Conner will be their early down back. Maybe they bring in a pass-catching specialist. But I don't think they're bringing in their Chase Evans. I don't think they're bringing in a 1B to his 1A. And I highly question if this is a guy who could actually stay healthy for more than 10 games if he's getting 18 carries a game, which could wind up happening. I don't know. What do you think, Chris? I think you're going to see a, like an Eno Benjamin or some other kind of guy have that, you know, scat back role in this offense. Having said that, um, I'm more on the, the cautious side with James Conner. I love him if he has the right value draft wise, and he could be a good, you know, guy to have on your roster. But you basically hit the nail on the head with the healthy. Both of you both, both talked about it. Um, Jake, you mentioned it. He was RB1 for like a couple of games before he got hurt. Yep, exactly. A couple of games before he got hurt. I think it's going to be the issue no matter what, even when he kind of split carries and he only had to be the man for what, two weeks, three weeks at most, he already got hurt. Not to say that it could be something else not related to it, just saying this seems to be the MO for this guy. So James Conner's not a guy I'm giving a three-year deal to. I absolutely agree with you a lot, again. Um, but it is a guy that has going to have fantasy value because as Jake hit it on if he's in a lot, if he's a touchdown, basically he's almost guaranteed in the offense because come hell to high water, Kingsbury's going to get the ball in the red zone. Um, and he will have even more of a role to kind of see in the passing game. We saw that kind of ball too, probably because they're losing pass catchers in his offense. So he has a lot of chances to kind of shine. I just don't see how he stays healthy enough to be that guy. Um, but he could be a guy for four, five, six games that, you know, you're loving. I need MD Nation's attention, especially in Diamond. <laughs> If you have James Conner, this is the time to trade him. I don't necessarily know what you're going to get back in return, but I can tell you this. His value will never be higher than it is right now. Coming off of a top six performance, just getting a three-year contract with Chase Edmonds shipping off to another team, looking like he could be the bell cow guy going into 2022. Do some research. Do your diligence. See what you can get because right now the value is never going to be higher. And unless you are a James Conner in your flex away from a championship run, I guarantee you could probably make up for it, though. I'm looking to sell off of him while you might actually get something of significance in return. I mean, Jake, you're another dynasty guy with me. What do you think? Yeah, you're right. That makes a lot of sense. Um just as of right now, his value probably won't be any higher than it is unless he pulls off another big season next year, then maybe it could be a little higher, but he is a, a guy who's played for quite a few years. And yes, if, if you can trade down to a younger guy <laughs> or maybe a younger guy in a pick or a pick that's a rookie, it might not be an immediate payoff, but it's probably, a, you know, your best bet. I get, you know, with Dynasty, it depends on format, it depends on what your team looks like, you know. It, but, yeah, I agree. His his value is probably as, as high as it's going to be for the rest of his career. That makes sense. But let's start all back real quick before we end the show. I want to get back to the Dolphins. we got to mention Cedric Wilson. He signs a three-year deal, almost almost $8 million a year, between 7 and $8 million a year is the deal he winds up signing. They also signed Teddy Bridgewater. I'm just mentioning that just so we, we have finished off the Dolphins as far as what their signings are so far. But Cedric Wilson comes in, significant amount of money, but he's a slot receiver. Now, 
I I hate that for Jalen Waddle to some degree. We know Waddle can play the outside, and we know that if he's on the perimeter, he'll get bigger plays and not necessarily all the volume dink and dunk. But Mike McDaniel, going back to the coach, and this is why I can't wait to do our coaches changing fantasy impact episode, Chris, that we do. He's coming from a system. They play 12-man personnel all the time. How often is are they going to have three receivers out there? And if you are planning on playing Cedric Wilson as the number two to Jalen Waddell, because you might be moving on from Devontae Parker, what the heck are you thinking? Because that's not what he does. That's not who he is. Go ahead, Chris. I see you smirking at me. Well, I think to be, be Keith can meet Devontae Parker is not going to be the guy who eats. I think that's pretty clear. If Jalen Waddle is the starting slot receiver for this offense, we saw Tua pepper the hell out of that slot receiver position last year. I see no reason that's going to change at all. And with the issue, you can see Jalen Waddle is going to be, and this is why I kind of had to smirk on my face in terms of Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan scheme. I think he's going to be their Debo. They're going to try to use him on the backfield. They're going to move him around. I think he's going to be their, their weapon, quote unquote. And I think that's how he's going to, they're going to manufacture him touches through the rushing game and the passing game. I think he's ultimately going to be kind of their, their wild card mover guy. And I think Wilson's going to be that go-to guy as a slot, easy, you know, first down receiver type of on in the formations. Um, and we kind of also, Jake was talking, you know, we were kind of waiting for you during the break. And Jake and I were kind of discussing exactly why and there's that kind of aspect of it. So I think this guy brings a lot of things together. Uh, uh, I like the Cedric Wilson signing and yeah, I, I would, you know, go sort of base it off the, what we've seen of the 49ers offense. And that makes a lot of sense is that's where Mike McDaniel comes from. So then, you know, who's the Debo role. It's not necessarily going to be exactly the same, but your wide receiver one is Waddle. So then that one, you know, the question is who's the two and, that signing says maybe that's Cedric Wilson. And then you got to think about Wilson was basically the fourth receiver on Dallas. He didn't get to see a whole lot of the field. And then when he did, you know, was it because he was playing the third receiver or did he get pushed all the way up? Is the wide receiver too? Does it matter? Cause he usually looked pretty good when he got the opportunity. So then is this like a Debo Ayak kind of thing? And then we're seeing a very similar, eh, Two, two receivers, one tight end, and, you know, all the running backs situation. That's, you know, that sounds about right. All I can say is I hope Waddle doesn't become the next Debo, or at the very least they don't try to use him fully the same way because he's not built the same way, especially if you're going to give him carries out of the backfield. He's not built that way. So I hope that doesn't really wind up being the case. As far well, I as- mean, just to clarify a little bit, I'm the Debo role, not always out of the backfield, but you call us all last year, or two years ago, I should say, Brandon Uke's rookie year, when Debo got hurt, Brandon Uke became the, the receiver one in that offense, and they threw yeah. a lot of screens, a lot of bubble screens. They manufactured him touches, and they kind of funnel their passing game to that receiver where guys run dummy routes so the receiver can kind of get open. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of that kind of more action. Not necessarily you're going to you know, be back there running the ball 15, 17 times, like people kind of smashing and inside the pocket <laughs> and stuff. No, I, I hear what you're saying. I think what we're all saying is that we're not really worried about Waddle's role at the end of the day. He's going to get the ball. I question Cedric Wilson being the signing, especially for you know a little over $7 million a year with the type of receiver that he is, with the offense that we expect to be able to see. I question how smart that was. Why'd you go with him when there's other options available to you that would fit better? In fact, I think Devontae Parker, who's already on the team, would fit what you need better to play off of Jalen Waddle than going with the Cedric Wilson route. But all of that and more we'll get into throughout the offseason. I want to give a nice, another warm welcome to Jake. Uh, thank you for coming on. Where can people find you? What are you working on that people can look forward to check out? Uh, at the moment, the, the best place to find me is probably on Twitter with the uh, Jake's F football uh, tag. Or you can go straight to my my website, which is jakesffootball.com. Uh, and Right now, I'm still I, – I slowly recap the season in little chunks. I mean, I may or may not have already written a lot of the articles <laughs> and update them a little bit before I drop them. But the point is to kind of like slowly trickle out, take your time, read it over, make sure you know like here's what happened and here's sort of why it happened, you know. And then comparing also like here's where most people had these guys ranked. Here's what they thought was going to happen and here's what actually happened. And, you know, using that helps you 
you know, realize what your ranks were and, you know, how they do. And I've realized that there's not a lot of people who actually check themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. Guys, check out Jake at Jake's right. FF Football. Wonderful follow. Make sure you check out his work. We'll be back next week with the Offseason Fantasy Impact Part 3 because we have a lot of stuff that we didn't get to today and that are inevitable to happen over the next week of the free agency. I cannot wait. And, and you know what? Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield may, may be on the move too. So that's something we're going to have to break down. Chris and I will be back next week, 9 p.m. on TV and on Roku. We'll see you guys then. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.